Welcome. Hello, just a wee segue at the start of the episode here to say that we were experiencing a bit of technical difficulties during this episode. It's only episode two, give us a chance, give us a chance. Uh, Everything should be sorted out by the next episode. And also, I guess, this episode is full of information about death, executions, and all sorts of horrendous morbidity. So if you've got any children, put them in bed before putting the podcast on, and here we go again. Take on reality, aka the Patel Podcast, the university's number one semi-informative comedy podcast, which is the right amount of misinformation and disinformation. I'm joined by my co-host, he is to the left of me, some call him Rick of Destiny, it's Ian Pringle. Hey then. Not, Not too bad, bad Terry, thank, thank you. And we are joined by our guest this week, he hangs men live and he drives <laughs> the number five. <laughs> It's the world's number one bus driving comedian and the world's second best Jamie Cook. More on that later. It's Jamie Cook. How you doing? Good evening, I'm fine. Thanks very much. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Ian is actually to your right. Is it in my right? Oh. No, he said to your right. We're all right. Yeah, so to your right. Is it? It's, aye. Your left, that's. Well, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I'm leaving oil this in. I'm leaving oil this in. The most pedantic bus driver in all of It's on left. You know your left and right bus driver. Back into the intros if nothing happens. And if you're into this sort of thing, be sure to subscribe to the show. Leave a review on iTunes, Spotify, wherever the fuck you get your podcast from. And be sure to follow us on social media, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at PatterPod. That's P-A-T-T-O-R-P-O-D. We tackle reality one topic at a time. And this week, we take on execution. <laughs> so explain the hangman live stuff for people because we know but it's a mad concept start to finish so how did you come up with the idea and where did it come from? Because I seen on Facebook that you posted like five years ago a photo of you playing hangman just on a napkin or something. So it's all the ideas of the thing. Uh, slip in the pub. Um, I used to play it in physics <laughs> in high school um, for like that two years. So you're maybe doing your physics standard grades, mm-hmm. um, which is why I got a six, I think, for physics. Yes, that's <laughs> but hangman life. Six and hangman, was that like good? I was described as a hangman enthusiast on that, <laughs> on that uh, COVID heroes thing, the Glasgow Live. Um, what was COVID heroes? Glasgow Live were looking for COVID heroes, and the Hangmaniacs voted me as a COVID hero for wow. entertaining um, the nation worldwide. It streamed worldwide with viewers in Canada. That's good. Playing hangman, that's horrible. Aye, but it's people I know, obviously, so it's not like the baseball. Where's the hangman scene? Like, 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 every time they come on, I'm like, oh, Stephen, what would I So, um, um, so what brought you the idea for the first one? Just uh, lockdown. I seen people that are in the comedy, seen they're doing things online, 
and I just thought, right, should that? And then I was like, I thought, oh, I could play Hangman online. Yeah, it might have been terrible, but I thought I might try it. And then I went for work and I said to Caitlin, I said, what do you think of this? And if she had said that stupid, I would never have touched it. <laughs> she was like, aye, why not? Go for it. She must have missed in, man. Aye, she must have missed in. Aye, whatever. Just have my face. Maybe you want. So she said, aye, go for it. And then I went for it. And then we'd done 100 in a row, 100 nights in a row during lockdown. That's impressive. Um, and then now we're aiming at 200 it was every night in lockdown and after 100 it went down to like 4 nights a week so there must have been a point in that 100 where you were going what the fuck am I oh there's been times when I thought what exactly what the fuck am I doing does the same shit come up with the same same words and films films same celebrities sometimes Mm -hmm. pop up but there's like uh, you'll know like, what I'm talking about there's a link right so the celebrity it started the first episode there was like three celebrities mm-hmm. and absolutely nothing else it was just me playing Hangman um, but as it moved up on uh, I started like going from paper to a whiteboard um, so a gold pen like once the Hangman money started coming in got a pencil case <laughs> of whiteboard pens so the format that, that, which I'd say is like it's right a good format now um, so there's two rounds Um the first round is four celebrities and then they've all got something in common so you need to how do you find what they've got in common oh just google like they could all be in the same film or like there's so many we've covered practically everything like there's so many weird things we've covered like people like, oh, that's, like some people are like that's, that's, how do we know that and I'm like well do you know what we can't just do assumptions every time because <laughs> like, one of them was like um, blue eyes they've all got blue eyes <laughs> or they've all got the same middle name I don't know what fucking colour eyes I've got they're weird aren't they I can't tell what are you saying on that blue blue it's so that that's the first half the first celebrities and then the link and then the second half is normally a mix of TV shows or films so there's four of them say two TV shows two films and then I'm looking for an actor or actress who's been in all four of them it's mad how um, much the format is uh, and that's it's like a really good format I think it takes about half an hour um, it's really good and uh, right now whoever gets the most Factarium I don't know if he's ever aware Tarium's guest hosted that a few times and he introduced writing the names Whoever gets the yeah, gets the answer first because it feels like they should get a prize. Nah, so we we write their names now uh, if they get the, that point, and then whoever wins the on the night gets to pick the album we're listening to in the next episode. There's an album to listen. I listen to music. When did that get introduced? Uh, well, it, it was right from the start. I was I had music in the background, and then. Facebook said, you know, loud music. So they muted it. <laughs> so we done, <laughs> so we done like so many episodes about music and then I just brought it back once, I think. And then like Facebook never said anything. I feel like they must have been like, 
We've watched this. Uh, well, they're not watched, but we've checked up on this. It's just a guy playing Hangman. There's no music. So I feel like they've left me. They don't, they don't come back anymore. Some poor intern um, in San Francisco just being like, what, what's he doing? Is he playing the game? What? <laughs> <laughs> so they send in letters and we need to guess the celebrity. So they have, have an international audience. They'll take more. And uh, there's no ads now. We went premium. We took the free trial on YouTube. Uh, and <laughs> going to keep it now until after it anyway nice. but YouTube premiums it's a great deal but it's really good what's it? I think it's 11 Yeah, they predicted that, you know, they're all listening in the government. But it's no so much the government, it's that there's an AI that's monitoring your screen, everything you do, how long you look at something, what you click, when you click it, if they put up uh, a certain kind of photo, then you're more likely to click. If you've just been uh, looking on your ex's Facebook page, you know, you're more likely to click on an ad up your shoes and, <laughs> and just, yeah, yeah, it builds everything and it puts it in, it just aims adverts specifically at you and what time and where to put them in your newsfeed and that. Um, and it's went crazy so obviously like, there's no laws on this stuff because maybe thought we'd have robots watching us all the time right. so this guy came out for the social dilemma I used to work on Facebook and he's like this is fucked like, we need to stop this um, but all it's really doing is monitoring adverts to provide you with things that you're probably going to want to buy exactly like that first you get on telly and fucking day you don't want any of the stuff that's on Facebook or Twitter all the stuff comes up, I was like, I've been talking about that all day. People are like, well, you just want your money, and I'm like, I'm going to add to that. Take it. I never expected anything else. You're not sourcing it by the shit. Scroll by. Scroll by. That would be something. Um, oh, I really fucking buy this. Like, forced upon you. So, we should talk about bus driving as well, man, soon. Oh, yeah. So. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, fine. Yeah. Yeah. Raging, love That's the bus. Right? <laughs> How long have you been driving buses? Uh, nine years. That's crazy. Did you just see the advert on the back of your bus one day that said make 10 to 15 pounds an hour? And you were like, um, I'll do. No, I've seen that for years and. No, my brother in law is a bus driver. So uh, I've been speaking to him about it. Um, and eventually, I, it was it's better money than what I was on. Like, I used to work in uh, a women's clothes shop in Brayhead. I used to work in Newlick. Um, mm. That's, the that's before with man's. That why, well, there was, they kind of gradually brought it in when I was there. Um, but I think the trailblazer. Well, we need, need yeah. stuff in here. These jeans are just too tight. <laughs> too tight. <laughs> um, so I worked in there, and then the bus, it was like a three pound jump. And wages like per hour, so I was like, one of the buses, uh, so That's I was decent, like, and then I had like kids not long after it, so it was like, I need this money, <laughs> like, yeah, so like, like, it's good money, but like, seeing you get kids, it's like, you need like money just comes in. Do, how, how, how many kids you got? Two. And what age are they? I've got all these answers here. I don't know why I'm asking you. I should just well, say, well, I've got two kids. At the same time, I've got, where's your kids? Seven and two. Eight next week. <laughs> <laughs> Aye, seven and two. Seven and two. 
Uh, I've got at least two kids. That, see, no, 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 I'm not trying to sound like. Uh, if you look, no, I'm not, I'm not trying. No, I'm not trying to sound like that. But if you look at Boris Johnson's Wikipedia page under children, it says at least six. <laughs> and I like to think that they asked him that, and he was like, at least oh, six, 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 seven. Yeah, yeah, I don't talk to anyone. <laughs> So I've got at least at least one. <laughs> oh, who knows? Two. I've had to snap. No, no, name it. Yeah, name it. Yeah. You have to snap. I have to snap. I have to snap. I have to snap. My son's called Tommy. Uh, he's short for. But say it to me. me. Uh, no, I don't say Thomas. I'm like, no, it's not Thomas. It's on your butt. Yeah, he will cut that back. <laughs> yeah, I've had this snap. Um, what were you saying? <laughs> no, we'll go with Sounds called Tommy. Yeah. What's that short for? What's it short for? What did you tell me? Oh, fuck. <laughs> Thomas. No, that's wrong. My son's called Tommy. What's it short for? Vasectomy. And the crowd go wild. There was one. Well, I tell you, this right. It's a bit dark. Right? Oh, oh well, the darkness in here. He's writing much, but I've been writing fucking hard. I've been writing a lot, right? Yeah. Now, I I do that again. Like, my daughter's not called Jen, right? But on stage, I'll say my daughter's called Jen, which is short for. And then by this time, I don't even let them because then they know mm-hmm. I'm a. I just, so if I ask them, they would be like, ah, they would jump on it. So I just go, just tell them myself. I say, well, so my daughter's called Jen, which is short for genuine mistake. <laughs> yeah. She's not even called. She's not even called. Jen. That's fucking good. Oh, what's that short sure, for? When you got with So with the names, right? In my head, I was thinking about like, could you go anywhere else with these names, different names? So I thought, oh, it's really horrible. I don't know if I'll ever say it on stage, but I'll say, say here. Uh, <laughs> I get at least two, I get the third one. Right, so we'll my son's stage, stage, stage online. They'll snap it through on Facebook. We need to cut this straight. It's really dark and horrible, but I think it's funny, like, it catches you. Like, right. So my son's called Sean, which is short for. That's not really short for it. It's Sean, it's Sean. For comedy purposes, sorry. My son's called Sean, which is short for failed abortion. See, I don't know if I can use it though. Nah, yeah. You'll be able to judge it. Definitely go to genuine mistake. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, mean, I, mean I, don't I don't know if I'd step on the abortion. abortion. No, yeah. no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I don't know why I wouldn't. I wrote up an abortion. It was just a line of abortions that I joke recently, but even I don't want to be mentioning abortions. It's rough sauce, man. It's rough sauce. You never know who's going to be in the audience for what you're going for, but you also fuck them, you know? Um, I just when you were talking about Adam Wayne's man, yeah, we should get on. Um, he used to, and he said he would just go, I've got two kids, love my kids, and then he would talk about all his Wayne's, he would have all these jokes about his kids, and he would come after age, and I'd be like, Hey, you've not mentioned your kids to me once, and he's like, Yeah, I've no more kids. That's and brilliant. Like, yeah, but he didn't mention it in the act. So for the whole act, he'd be just like, Oh, my kids, my kids. And That's like, brilliant. so I might just do that, and I'd be like, Get a son now. He's a peep show, a super bad lady, I've met the twins now. <laughs> Oh, I love the fucking 20s. Oh, I've seen that once or twice. Right. Do you know what? See, you could just use that. Like, if someone asks you, try to do this, 
You're like, oh, okay, my son's got a football team. He's not even got kids. <laughs> 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 yeah, Adam's I don't know what I've wanted to bring this up that for your Glasgow comedy festival show you've got Jamie Cox has been driving buses around Glasgow for eight years performing the stand-up comedy audiences up and down the country for two years um, but I was really a big fan of Get On Board as he takes you through all the hilarious and fascinating stories he's experienced through the years how was your Glasgow comedy festival show? Uh, I don't know if you're aware of this but uh, <laughs> Did she? there was like a flu that sweeped the world <laughs> and got cancelled no <laughs> So it's not, it's not, eh, never went ahead. How many days did you miss to cut off by? Only about, like, one or two. Oh, oh man, that is... Because the venue was still up for it. Mm-hmm. I was still up for it. People that were going were still up for it. Mm-hmm. And people were like, what day was it? Was it when it started? Wednesday. So it was just... But the venue was still open. And I were looking forward to coming down. And I was, like, trying to gauge opinions, like, should it go ahead? And there was too many, like... It's, it's shade bags. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I saw Nelson's show on like, the Friday before lockdown. I saw McNeil on that show, and Tommy Sullivan and Jay Gardner's show on the Sunday, like the day before it all started. So, um, but I can see why. I can see why people did cancel them, man, because there was a lot of fear going about at the time. Now, now we're like, I've got a vaccine, man. Put it in my box. But back then, man, I was, I was scared. I got fucking anxious, man. So I'm only going to be able to get any week because I thought the tanks were coming. <laughs> like, honestly, man, I saw a video of tanks coming out on motorway and I was like, they're coming my fucking my city. I, can't, I won't be able to get any week. That's the only thing I was worried about. I just stopped up on green and I was like, No, mate, I'm in If anything, I got more. I just kept buying, like, I went for like buying a couple of bags a week to get a huge bag every month, like the, the big subscription, you know what I mean? Exactly, man, green, green 52. You know, there's a service that drops off and goes, um, you just text them and they send you a menu. And oh, so like, have you then, mate? <laughs> I don't know, I don't know. It's like, it's like the driver will be with you and all that. Oh, like, yeah. yeah, proper professional and that. But then you get in, it's just a guy like... This podcast, podcast is brought to you by... Have you still got a licence? Aye. But I don't, I like to... Because no. then I'll start being well, I can stop. Yeah, I like to think that I've not got a licence. Oh. <laughs> you know, I know that sounds crazy, but like... Mm. I don't like driving. No. So, no. That's because it's all you've done for Aye. eight years. Plus, 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 in the car and I'll heat you're like, last cab the water day, yeah. you're like, if you're driving for like eight hours a day, man, like that's, that's, that's a lot of fucking driving. I did deliveries, but at least I'm in an hour all the time. Like, you're running a bus, you're fucking in that wee space all the time. Yeah. Yeah. You must have had some. You're also fucking, your job's worth to know that. Uh, spitting through the road. I've never been spot on. No, I wouldn't spit on you, man. You're like, you're about me. Oh, no, I'm a shame, fuck. You're a meal, you're I wouldn't really spend any bus driver by the way, just see. I'm lucky I'm locked in that way behind that screen. <laughs> What's it like in there? Because I'm always like saying, Can you play tunes in that? It's lonely. Uh, lonely. You see thousands of people, but you're all. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> this podcast got deep. <laughs> 
So we should probably mention some of these gifts that we got. We got these two lovely um, new uh, podcast mascots, which we got for um, CJ Cup, who is a Hangman fan, uh, and also uh, your gran, is what we like to understand. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's not CJ, it's Catherine. Catherine. Junkie. Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, no, I always thought that. I always thought CJ was a one. No, CJ's not a brother. You've met him, haven't you? Aye, but I've only ever seen in the comments. Uh, CJ. Oh, no, that's a brother. It's Catherine. Catherine. Uh, Kirk. You know Catherine, but I. Thank you, uh, Catherine, for these wonderful uh, gifts. She bought me in frames. Because uh, I've done a frames photo of hedgehogs. So she bought us a bunch of hedgehogs. All the women. And a lot of frames. She's like, yeah, expensive. I can't have frames. Well, thank you very much, Catherine. Uh, you are now forever a friend of the show. Even if you never listen to this, you're a friend of the part of podcast. Uh, yeah, no, mate, so CJ Cook is your brother. Yes. Catherine Cook is not related. No, no, she's just a maniac. She loves Hello there, Scottish Jamie Kirk. This is the real Jamie Kirk. Australia's, nay, the world's number one Jamie Kirk. The only Jamie Kirk that's also a semi-professional stand-up comedian that has a full-time job. Not because they need it, because they don't get enough money from doing comedy, but because it enriches their life and their mind and helps them keep coming up with new material. And that's definitely the reason. I'm just here to let you know that you're nothing but a wannabe. You're you're a poser. You take your little bus and you you drive it off a bridge or why don't you go to one of your little hangman letters for you I-M-P-O-S-T-E-R imposter but also I host a podcast about towns that you grew up in it's called Community Notice Board I'd love it if you could listen spread the word and also we'd love you to be on it you sound like you've had a really interesting life brilliant it's brilliant and I'll go back. Well, that's a, a big thank you to the Australian Jamie Cup. And um, please check out the podcast Community Notice Board, available where podcasts are. Or visit the website communitynotice.podbean.com. I'm going to listen to that voice, honestly. Actually, it's good. It's good. Yeah, so they'd love you to be on the show, man. So we'll put you in touch with Australian comedian Jamie Cup. That's amazing. Mad, isn't it? Yeah. What team is that? Yeah, I didn't even know he'd done this till today. Yeah, it was very sound, man. 
very simple. Yeah, and so do a roast battle. You do like you're fucking you're in. Cut first, you cut. Your name's first. Never drive a bus. I just like to raise when you type in Jamie Cup comedian whose face appears none other than oh boy, Jamie. There he is. Yeah. Fuck you, Australia, Jamie. <laughs> You'll never be on the Google results. Well, definitely, definitely not on Google Scotland. <laughs> 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 I don't know the whole area. Aye, right, so, uh, bus, better to go for it. So people get off the bus, and every now and again they'll give you something. Mm-hmm. Um, a newspaper, crisps, chocolate. Why have I? Do I have to put it in the week slot? Aye, mints. Mints? Mints. Someone left. Mince on the bus. Oh, it's definitely human mince. I but no, I ended up getting bent. I think like I got to the bus station. I was like, "What am I to do with this? It's absolutely stinking." Yeah, yeah, maybe mince in like February when it's kept chilled on the bus. Maybe alright, but even then, he's on any any bus mince. I would never touch bus mince. On a bus, and you like got a lot of problems. Some mints. That was just for comedy value. It's not a true story. <laughs> <laughs> Give me my mints back. Have you got, have you got Twitter? Yes. How many followers have you got? Oh, less than the real Blue Jimmy. How many have you got? Because that's going to be close. 172. 177. Oh. Oh. Follow Jimmy Carter on Twitter. What's your Twitter handle? Follow. 275. How many do you have? Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> I was going to say, he might have just followed a big mass. <laughs> uh, but I follow 579. So like, bring that up to, you know, we. Yeah. What's your Twitter handle? We'll get people to follow you. It's not at Jamie Cup Comedy. I said that. Jamie Cup Twenty Nine. At Jamie Cup Twenty Nine. Follow that. We'll get him ahead of Jamie Cup Comedy. Yeah, we need to overtake Jamie Cup. I won't even say his handle. Uh, (laughs) Jamie Cup Comedy. Did you you try to get that one? I think uh, I've always used Jamie Cup Twenty Nine. Oh yeah. So follow Jamie Cup Twenty Nine on Twitter so that we can overtake. And unfollow Jamie Cup Comedy. Yeah, it's Aussie scumbag. No, lovely guy. Yeah, he sent us a message. Give us good entertainment. Yeah. Nice boys. Okay. Uh, the gift. Aye. Oh, I'm trying. There must be so many other weird things. But the one thing that I talk about all the time, and uh, people love it, um, and it's a hundred percent true story. It was just down the road, actually, from the studio. Um, we Eglet and Toe. Mm-hmm. So a woman got off the bus, Eglet and Toe, and handed me in uh, a wee gift, and it was wrapped up in kitchen roll. And uh, I just said, oh, "Thanks very much." I put it next to the ticket machine. Carried on, and then when I got to the terminus, like I thought it, it might have been a cake. Like now, mm-hmm. I don't know. I just thought it might be a bit of cake. I got to the, the terminus and I opened it up, and it was a poached egg. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, that's <laughs> fucked. Uh, now, now you mention it, I have heard this, yeah, but that is that's a fucking. Why the fuck you eat a poached in a bag? What skill draws over between driving buses and stand-up comedy? 
Hangman. Hangman. Focus. Concentration. Mm-hmm. Okay. 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 You're asking is that like the right answer? Yeah. 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 Well, I'm going to try to open this bottle for about a minute. It's all going to be with the cameras, okay? <laughs> <laughs> like a fucking complete pussy, mate. Have you got a bottle? Do you want a bottle? No, I'm not. I'm just far in, man. <laughs> uh, a lighter. I'm, I'm usually all right. That's it. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. So I think we should move on to the reality section. Uh, this is the section of the show where me and Pringle have researched this week's topic and we have tried to find the maddest stories that we can find on it. Most of what here will be true, which builds the informative part of semi informative, but some of it will be absolute shit. I'm going to get my semi out for the other part of semi informative. Yeah, man. We love <laughs> So when we get to the end, you need to try and work out whether it's true or whether it's made up nonsense. Me? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Sorry, Hello. Sorry, Hello. Sorry, the other two guests. You're right. So, so I kick, kick it off. off. You kick it off, man. Right, it's, it's a story about a guy in Queen's, Queen's Park, Park just across the road. I want to give the location away, but we are south side. <laughs> um, it was an infamous Glasgow case yes, from Glasgow Live that helped herald the end of capital punishment in the UK. Anthony Miller was just 19 when he met his end hanging in a shed at Barley Prison. He's reputed to have played Please, Mister, before the hangman. That's you, you. Yeah. Released a trapdoor and fell to his death. Followed a high-profile case um, for the murder of a guy called John Kremlin. It was in 1960. He'd been caught up in a robbery gone wrong. At that point, death by execution was still in effect. So, Anthony Miller, he teamed up with a local teenager, James Denovan, who was 16. Miller was 19. They hatched a plan to become partners in crime. The, the pair lived close to Queen's Park, across the road. Which was infamous pickup point for gay sex, which at the time was illegal. Not to go with the name of the park. What year is this? Nineteen sixty. Alright, okay. So they would troll the park at night and lured, threatened and robbed homosexual men, known at the time as queer rolling. Uh, it's in quotation marks, sorry. <laughs> so not to complain about the muggings over the fear of being exposed as gay and charged themselves. So young Donovan, described as a pretty boy, was used as bait to lure the men in from, into the, from the toilets into the wooded areas where he would lie in wait, pretending to be drunk. The pair would then pounce and rifle the pockets of the victims, beating them up if necessary. For almost a year they did this, till things went horribly, horribly wrong on a day of April 6, 1960. John Kremlin... Was Jamie Kremlin. <laughs> yeah, he was a local hard man and thief who resisted their attempt at what they thought was another routine robbery. The victim fought back and the pair beat him over the head with a plank of wood and left him dead under the bush, stealing his watch, bank book, a knife, and 67 quid, which in 1960 was probably quite a lot of money. Yeah, I'd say it's all well, like a couple of hundred pounds. Following the botch, mug- following the botch mugging, witnesses testified the pair splashed out on alcohol and even lit a cigarette with one of the stolen five pound notes. <laughs> Scumbag. Two days later, um, somebody found the body. Two days later, the Daily Record published a story appealing for possible relatives of a missing man found dead to come forward. In an odd twist of fate, a newspaper cut into that very report would eventually bring the young killers to justice. I can't read the lid. 
I'll get, get better at it, man, over the years. years. <laughs> I'm still breaking on the podcast, but until then. I'm David, you're a fucking prick. I'm going to listen to these sort of podcasts. Aye, so this is turning into a true crime. So don't know what's going to be like that, man. Aye, my missus loves them. I think they want, I think they like to do the research to figure out if they'll be attacked. That's pretty much what I wouldn't like those things. I don't know if you can say that. I'm way less concerned about the possibility of being like attacked. Than a woman would be, you know no, what I mean? Because you're a fucking sex fat man. They don't know you've no good knees though. Yeah, exactly, man. Yeah. See if you push me, I'll fucking, fucking collapse. Like, but <laughs> nobody knows that. I mean, no, I, I think, think that's fair enough. Caitlin watches the woman does her makeup while she's talking about true crime. Somebody told me about that. Mixing two things. I had the idea of doing that, talking about wrestling while I paint paintings. Maybe no one's talking about wrestling, but I can distract them. What if you paint wrestlers? Wrestlers, yeah. Well, probably not. So, there was a sign somewhere outside a petrol station in Clydebank and it said, Wrestlers Hot Dogs. Right, and that, uh, it's, it's a hot dog. Right, no, no, it's just, it was selling wrestlers hot dogs. That's the same Queen's Martin. I've seen the sign wrestlers hot dogs. So I was like, that's a real. So, and Clyde Bank is. But it's just a hot dog. So, deals have been saying Clyde Bank for the reason they said the bombs there. I've never been to Clyde Bank. What's this? Is this a fucking. I went to school in Clyde Bank. Call an airline. I remember I met. Did you? Aye, I was Clyde Bank. When? Clyde Bank. Clyde Bank. Bank. Did you? In Clyde Bank? Aye, I was Clyde Bank. No, you got paid enough me in Clyde Bank, mate. Yes, you have. Clyde Bank. I'd like to retract my former statement. I've spent time in Clyde Bank. Before Clyde Bank. I've never been there. Otherwise, never said no fucking Clyde Bank. It will be very easy to podcast with the rest people. People will be like, you're lying, mate. So in episode one, you said you're not being the suckiest. But in episode six, you said you walked as a juggler. Well, you were in this podcast, didn't you? My granny's grandfather was a lion tamer or something. Really? Really? You might have never mentioned that. Yeah. Yeah, what the fuck's that? Your granny's grandpa. あ、そう、グレグレグレグレグレグレグレグレグレグレグレグレグレグレグレグレグレグレグレグレグレグレグレグレグレグレグレグレグレグレグレグレグレグレグレグレグレグレグレグレグレグレグレグレグレグレグレ
the belly. If we, if we catch them all at once, hang the pedos. That's what you'll say in the best podcast. Good. Episode, episode one. one. <laughs> <laughs> well, so it'll be episode two. I think that's it. If anybody else is like this, they are a pedophile. You know, go see a psychologist in that, man. Yeah, go see a psychologist, not people in there. Go see people in the internet. Yeah, because they get bad. I mean, I don't think it's. I don't think they get protected because people love them. I think they just. The prison can't have, like, pedophiles being mutilated on their hands. You, James, pedo, what? I heard the video. You signed my fucking. I don't know. What? I don't know where they get them. No, I recognize you for the unders. You're a DJ. Do you know I heard about this in Cat House that people used to go to the Cat House Sunday? Aye. 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 Well, they've got the man for it. This podcast is brought to you by the Fleshlight. My daughter was getting market, well, doing market research, and it was basically my daughter, and it was a hundred pound fee, right? And for advertising? Uh, no, for market research. So oh. she was doing it with snacks, and uh, so she we told her there was a hundred pound coming in. Mm-hmm. But obviously, she's not getting a hundred pound, right? She's it. Aye, right? So she was like, How much am I getting? Um, and I was like, I don't know, I'll need to speak to your mum. And she was like, uh, At least 40. 30! Give me 30! <laughs> Good business done. That's a good so question. Got a sponsor, no, we're trying. We're, we're going to ask for a sponsor. I just like that. Uh, and oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, pre- I'm getting a pretty empty sponsor. sponsor. Yeah, we're well, just going to put them as the sponsor and then go with them and be like, so we advertise you. Yes. You are stepped. <laughs> or just at least a takeaway. <laughs> yeah, like a mafia style. Remember McCann and I think we should try that. Yeah, that's not influence. Have you seen influencers? Have you seen that? Um, so, I'm going about with influence. I don't know if they're real. Probably are. People are like inboxing like tattoo artists and like that. Or 
we'd actually influence us. We're all looking for Fantastic. 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 and they're just getting like the first shift at them and I could never I was never able to I was never able to quite that threshold that being an influencer because it's it's, it's just, just a shit, shit fucking thing. you're you're, <laughs> you're scared of the world and you're scared that you're going to die one day you're on the phone all day yeah so what you do is you just constantly put your name and your face into other people's eyes and you're like I'm going to be okay still going to die influencer every influencer <laughs> listening to this <laughs> Still gonna die. I don't have any influences to listen to this, but yeah, yeah. No more. Yeah, at this point. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we would like to slide into our second reality. It's quite a short one. Go for it. Cool. So this is a story at Clive. Clive Anderson, and this was in London and nineteen forty-three. Clive. 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 London, 1943. So, Clive Anderson, uh, he was a shoemaker in London in 1943, and he was well-known because he provided the best gold-tipped soles. Uh, when it says gold, it doesn't mean, like, the, the material gold. It's like, it means, like, gold is in, like, standards. So they had, like, standards of shoe here, so it was, like, gold and silver gold. And if you had, like, gold ones, that meant you paid, like, a lot of money. But, and if you, you know, so he was, like, the best, like, gold-tipped shoemaker in all London. Uh, the reason that Clive ended up getting uh, sentenced to death was because that he had been uh, overcharging people when they were coming in to get their shoes done. Seems harsh. harsh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he'd been doing this since <laughs> May, the furthest back record they had, because he kept all his records, which was wonderful. Have you never had a Kanye West? He's been overcharged for shoes. Since he started doing shoes. I'll go pre-marked on the Yeezys. I was like, I'll take them. Yeezys. Yeezys. And they were the exact same. They were the exact same. Yeah, so it says, um, Clive had been extorting locals and customers since as far back as May 1932. Uh, So that means he'd been dead for at least 10 years. So he wasn't just a shoemaker, he was a... A shady shoemaker. A shady shoemaker. Uh, a shady shoemaker. But the reason that we're bringing him up is that said that he'd done this for ten years, and then he'd been sentenced to uh, he'd been sentenced to hanging. <laughs> as he was sentenced to hanging, he came out and what was described as a triple tiered gold boot heel, which meant that he was three times higher than a regular man would have been. So when they hung the noose around his neck, plan was for his shoes to reach the ground and prevent. Uh, hanging impact. You what? Clive was unfortunately um, sacrificed and hung by the neck um, never to be seen again. I've heard the name before Clive Anderson, but I don't know, I don't know if he's a shoemaker that was sentenced to death for extorting. Um, oh, is this what you're doing? You try to track people? <laughs> well, well, we, we, we do most of them real and occasionally. So, if it's not true, one of you have made that up. Yes. Aye. He doesn't know. I don't think you've made that up. No. I don't think you've made that up. Saying it's a reality? I'm trying to look at your eyes, but I just see you've stoned. No, that's true. That's true? Yeah. Got you! That's the show you can be in Jimmy Cup. Nothing was on the page. I can't believe you made that up. That was a good effort. On the spot. On the spot. Made that shit up. I thought you could tell by the tone of my voice, man. You looked happy. I just thought you wouldn't really be able to read that one. Let's Google Clive Anderson. Yeah, because that's a real name, mate. English television presenter. Hi. Hi. Yeah, I know you're going to ask. Clive Anderson. Is he on, like, Sky Sports?
He, he, he was in this. He's gonna be. Well, I don't know. Maybe it looks like the guy in this. Florence Hangman. He's he's gonna be in Clive Hangman. Clive Hangman. Uh, or, yeah, he'll be a, so this will be out after tomorrow night's episode anyway. Yeah. And you'll be like, oh, I remember that episode with Clive Anderson. Clive Anderson, that must have been Ricky. Yes. Two weeks in a row, we've got Yes. Welcome to the ad break. Unbelievably, despite being Scotland's number one podcast, we are still yet to find a sponsor for the show. If that sponsor could be you, if you're selling obos, kettles, uh, house coats, I'm just looking around my room at this point, uh, CBD pills, personal training things, if you own an Indian and you want male business, you can get it by advertising right here on the Paddle Podcast. If you would like to be in touch to get sponsored by us, to get sponsored by us, to sponsor us, ah, gosh, this is why we don't have sponsors. This is why we don't have sponsors. Okay, I'm the, you know what? Shouting at me I'm, again. I'm, I'm not doing it again. I'm, not, I'm leaving all this in. This is just the ad break. If you would like to get sponsored on Scotland's number one podcast, please get in touch at P-A-T-T-O-R-P-O-T at gmail.com. That's paddlepod at gmail.com. Don't worry about this. Your advert will be better. We'll let you get on with the show. Oh my god, Nathan's going to take it. I've got some questions here. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to tell you um, the form of execution. This is such a fucking dark episode. Uh, well, I'm going to tell you the form of execution and you need to guess which country it is most popular in. Right? Well, this is going to get well with you. So we'll go on points and whoever wins gets um, the bag of interest. Right? Is this current? Uh, right yeah, yeah. Is it still going on? Yeah, yeah okay. How yeah. many of them in the country are you from? <laughs> okay, so. No. Cut that out. <laughs> I'm sure they must still do. Mm, I don't know. What did they do? do? Excuses and everything. Imagine if you spat on the prince or something. Spat on a bus driver. driver. <laughs> <laughs> I was born in Rutherland. That's what I thought. Yeah. I've, yeah. Been, I've only been in Abu Dhabi for overall like five months in uh, my entire life. Yeah. I don't, I don't I think, think Harry's from Abu Dhabi, but Abu Dhabi. We, we've talked about, about it enough that um, he's bl- Yeah, he's speaking about it enough that I feel like you're kind of from there. All my family say they are and I go there sometimes. That's maybe a connection than. Anybody I know for Abu Dhabi, right. you know, it's the same way. Like so we, we call it the old country. country. <laughs> the old country. Yeah. 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 Only slave, slave labor is fucking classic. Slaves, mate, they're real slaves. Oh, they call them maids and they give them money for this low money, and they must live in your house and hear the shit they say. Ah, you take them back. I would raise you like two hundred pound a month for like basically seven days a week. Oh, that's. I could do it as life to do it. My son just messes out something. I paying people low wages. You just want you want to pay them fuck all. You want to just pay one price at the start. Jamie the slave. It's rough, man. Jamie the slave. Jamie the slave. That would be nice. It'd be convenient for sure. I mean, I wouldn't like to have a slave. No. You can get a cleaner for no that much. Yeah, a couple hours a week. And if they didn't do their job, you would probably execute them. So we are. I'll say the type of execution, and then you say which country is most popular. So let's start. Hanging. Egypt. Good guess. Oh. Egypt, I don't know, mate. Hanging? Mm, so, so I said, 
We are back. Once again, uh, we're going before we left. Um, we were finished with the last game. We start with another reality take. Yeah, you go on. Uh, I have two. I've got one called Kentucky Carnival and one about a guy in America more recently. Which one do you want to hear first? Dealer's choice. Uh, I'll tell you about Levi Boone Helm. Um, he was a mountain man and gunfighter in the American West known as the Kentucky Cannibal. He was a serial killer who gained his nickname for the opportunistic and unrepentant proclivity for the consumption of human flesh taken from bodies of enemies and travelling companions. Well, this was usually only done in survival situations. Helm sometimes took flesh in preparation for a survival situation. Which just sounds fucking greedy. Why was he in a survival situation to start with? Because it was the fucking old west, mate. It was a survival situation. I feel like that his entire life was a survival situation. He was just like, that was just his, uh, his plea in court. Like, uh, I, was, I was just trying to survive. <laughs> yeah, I'd love to be an episode in the old west because I don't know that much. Nah, damn it. Um, but Wikipedia does. <laughs> So by 1850, Helmut decided to go to California and search for gold. He asked his cousin, a man named Little Berry Shoot, if he would accompany accompany him to California. Shoot initially agreed to accompany him, but when Little Berry attempted to back out of the trip, Helmut became angered and stabbed him in the chest, killing him instantly. Helmut then headed west alone. Little Berry's brother and friends pursued and captured Helmut, but his antics in captivity quickly landed him in an asylum for the mentally deranged. Upon entering, Helm became taciturn. How do we know what that fucking means? Taciturn, and convinced his guard to take him on walks through the woods. After these became routine, Helm Helm was able to take advantage of the guard's trust, deceive them, and escaped. He then went west to California. On the way, he murdered several men in various altercations, eventually committing premeditated murder. Forced to flee and avoid arrest and vigilante justice, he teamed, teamed up with six men with whom he confided in that his past he had eaten all or part of his murder victims. Many support naval I've killed, at one time or another, and the time has been I've been obliged to feed on them. This ghostly illusion is the first report of cannibalism on the part of Boone Hill. An attack by natives on the way to Fort Hall, Idaho, can force Helm and his party into wilderness. Short on provisions, Helm and his remaining party killed their horses, ate the meat, and made snowshoes out of the heights. The journey was arduous, winnowing in the party down two men. Helm and a man near Burton, named Burton. When Burton couldn't go any further, Helm left him only to return in time to hear the pistol shot of Burton taking his own life. Helm ate one of Burton's legs. <laughs> He's like, no! No, Burton! This meat needs to be fresh. <laughs> he then wrapped the other one to take with him on the journey, like a packed lunch. <laughs> Someone finally discovered Helm at an Indian camp. A Native American camps, it should probably say. And allowed Helm to accompany him, despite having $1,400 in coins on his person, which sounds fucking heavy. Helm, Helm reportedly neither paid nor thanked the person for feeding, clothing, and transporting him to Salt Lake City, Utah. Boone became wanted by the law and fled to San Francisco, California. Well, there, he killed a rancher who had befriended him, taking him, sheltering him from, avengers, from the vengeance of law. This guy sounds fucking mental. He's got a lot going on. This is why I'm jumping Exactly, man. Fucking hell, one tour. He then travelled to Oregon, started robbing people for a living and frequently murdering them. In 1862, after drinking heavily, Helm gunned down an unarmed man named Dutch Fred. They all cool names in the way. <laughs> Dutch friend, little berry, fucking whatever it was. Uh, well, on the run, Helmy, another fugitive who had accompanied him, captured by the authorities, Helm employed his brother, Old Tex, one of Helm's many 12 siblings, many siblings, 12 siblings, for assistance. 
With a considerable amount of money, old text paid off all the witnesses. But unable to convict Helm without witnesses, the authorities released him and accompanied his brother to Texas. Helm sooner reappeared at many of the settlements mentioned before, killing many more men in the process. Finally, he was apprehended in Montana. After teaming, teaming up with the notorious Henry Plummer, not a cool name, <laughs> and his gang, Helm and four other gang members were captured, arrested and tried in secret. At trial, Helm kissed the Bible, then proceeded to perjure himself, accusing three-fingered three fingers Jack Gallagher, cool name, <laughs> Helm's close friend and fellow gang member of the crimes Helm himself had committed. The Montana village vigilantes hanged Helm, Gallagher and other members of the Virginia city of Montana of the gang there on uh, January 14th, 1864 in front of a crowd of 6,000. Fucking hell. <laughs> I mean, people love a fucking execution, man. That's all I'm saying. How would you sneak it that far back? Well, I mean, you can see, you can go to a gig with more than 6,000 people and see what's happening. <laughs> they just have to build one of those festival stages. You speak for yourself, driver. <laughs> so, a big tea in the park stage for a hang. <laughs> so uh, the Montana vigilantes hanged him. Upon seeing his friend Gallagher hanged, Helm reportedly remarked, kick away old fella my turn next I'll be hell with you in a minute when the executioner approached him approached Helm he allegedly exclaimed every man for his principles hurrah for Jeff Davis let her rip and then jumped off the hangman's box before it could be kicked away Boone Helm was buried at Boot Hill Cemetery Virginia do you think that's true? Ah, it must be true. It must be true. Yeah, there's a little chance I could come up with all that. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> all those names. <laughs> it was a smart idea for him to blame uh, Three Fingered Jack Gallagher because he'd be like, oh, look, he got so hungry, eh? Two. <laughs> He's a cannibal. Not me. <laughs> that's mad. So, that was, how, when, did, so when did it start? When was he, when did he begin this expedition? So, let me just see. 18. Eighteen fifty. He went to California to search for gold. How old was he? He was so he was born in eighteen twenty eight. Died in eighteen sixty four. So the hanging was in eighteen sixty four. So this is fourteen years, just fucking cutting about America, killing people and eating them. Different times. I can't get rid of that these days. Political correctness gone mad. Why West mad, man? Speaking of places with mad accents, she's about to hear a story about Malawi. Oh, yeah. Right. So this is the story of the hangman was too tired to hang me three times. That didn't make sense as a lead-in, did it? Jamie, you're a hangman. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> no idea. You ever been too tired to hangman? <laughs> First yes. time in the episode, so when, when he shafted on to you, it was everything. <laughs> yeah, can you do it? I'm, just, I'm so sick of letters. <laughs> So this is a death row in Malawi, and there's a guy called Bison Kaula. He was nearly executed three times, but on each occasion the hangman stopped work before hanging all the prisoners on the list. So he survived until the country stopped executing people altogether. Uh, Bison says his jealous neighbours uh, were responsible for him being found guilty of murder in 1992. And in 1992 in Malawi, this carried a mandatory death sentence. He was brought up in a small village in Malawi and he had enough money to get to South Africa to buy some land. He employed five people and he grew fruit, wheat, maize and cassava. You have an idea what cassava is? Any idea. It is the starchy, tuberous root of a tropical tree used as food in tropical countries. Oh, cassava. Semi-informative. Semi-informative. So his neighbours testified against him in court. His mother was at the back of the courtroom. 
Uh, and she said, tears roll, I won't do the accent. I'll do the best accent. Tears roll down from my eyes down to my chest, she says. When I was told you can go now, the condemned section waiting for time to be hanged, oh, I felt as if he was already dead. At that time, there was just one executioner, a South African who traveled between several countries in the region carrying out hangings. His name was Jamie Cook. <laughs> when he arrived in Malawi, everyone's couple of months, prisoners on death row knew for them, uh, time had run out, but on the days that and the execution began at one Bryson said that he just kept praying and praying it continued until three when the executioner stopped walk that's happened to Bryson three times uh, and Hangman said uh, no it's too much I'll come again next month uh, and the same thing happened twice more he never made it and then eventually uh, oh wait hold on is that oh it was long but the experience took its toll on him and he attempted suicide twice only to survive this <laughs> Unkillable. <laughs> then in 2007, a historic case changed everything. A drug user who admitted killing his stepson but argued that he went temporarily insane went to court to challenge the mandatory death sentence for murder. He argued they had the right to a free trial, the right to be treated like a human, uh, and then it was written in Malawi's constitution that the death penalty was out. Your boy Bison survived. Is still alive? Um, well, there's a lot of folks in here on the BBC News website. Bastards! Do you think that's a reality or not a reality? <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like it. Yeah. I don't know if he's still alive. Yeah, no. absolutely. How's he getting on? Yeah. Unkillable. Is he great? Fuck's sake. Yeah, he looks great. I'm not going to hear it. I'll add it in as a... Um, yeah, so that was real. And just over a year ago, um, he checked into a luxury hotel, killing at least 40 people. What? Sorry, what? <laughs> you may also be interested in... You may also be interested in... It's a different section. Is it the same guy? Um, his next project is to build a, a new brick house for his mum. Yeah, after killing four people. Every guy. Every guy. Yeah, so that was indeed uh, reality. What was my. Oh, fuck, I had a really good question. What was that? Oh, mate. Oh, mate. <laughs> it was something that I read and that reminded me. Um, what's the what's what's next week game you've got? Oh, I got a good game, man. I got a really good game. Uh, so, probably get like a wee, a wee jingle for this. So, this is called. Um, oh, that's what it was. So, I was talking about court, right? Mm. Uh, my ma is on a jury. Isn't it? Ah. Um, do you know how they're doing the juries? Zoom. Odeon Cinema. Oh, I think I had to read that. Live links. That is oh, fucking bizarre. Why did they just put them in the court? Surely, aye, but a cinema is also all in a fucking area. Yeah. Popcorn, get hot enough as you watch go down. We are now going to play a game called Grim or Gold, where I will read out 15 infamous last words from Death Row. If they are gold, say gold straight away. If it's shite, we say grim straight away. And if we'd like more information, I'll read more information. Let's get started with question one. From Jimmy Glass in 1987, his last words were, I'd rather be fishing. Gold or grim? Grim. Gold. Whoa, <laughs> Number two. Uh, I think that the governor's phone is broke. He hasn't called yet. Uh, this was from Jeff Davis Matthews in Oklahoma in 2011. Mate, we, uh, well, we're different Jeff Davis, but that guy that we just last had shouted her off for Jeff Davis, Jeff Davis letter, right? Really? Yeah. All connected, man. Everything's one thing. Um, uh, Barbara Graham uh, in 1995 uh, said, Good people are always so sure they're right. That's gold. <laughs> <laughs> gold, why not? Why not? Um, George Appel in 1928 well gentlemen you're about to see a baked Appel 
Uh, number five from Jamie Lewis Jackson uh, related to Michael. He said, Walden, not on me. Ready to roll. It's time to get this party started. Pretty grim. Number six. I love my family. Potato, potato, potato. Well, that's fucking weird. weird. Um, I, I think it was Mary uh, It was actually a secret message to his nephew because it's the sound that a Harley Davidson motorcycle makes when it's idle, and that was a way a way of saying that everything was okay. Because okay. <laughs> 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 yeah, 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 Graham Gold. Number eight. I'd like to just say that I'm sailing with the rock and I'll be back like Independence Day with Jesus. June 6th, like the movie, Big Mothership and all. I'll be back. Um, neither. Yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty good. I don't know if it makes sense, probably. Oh, 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 I guess, Graham. <laughs> with a father who was a child molester and hung himself in jail and a mother who abandoned her to the care of her grandparents. Eileen won those children was a troubling one by the age of 12 she was involved in drugs and sex she later on became a prostitute she started a killing spree in 1989 murdered in seven men she claimed she killed them out of self-defense but in the end she was sent to death by a lethal injection Bill! Oh! <laughs> the movie Monster was inspired by her life number oh, Monster yeah uh, Bill, Bill, I've not seen it but Bill, I've so. talked about it quite a lot I've seen the film that's not a different film number nine <laughs> number nine how about a headline for tomorrow's paper ah oh, she was the same first this is James French Said, how about a headline for tomorrow's paper? French fries. <laughs> That's gold. gold. That is gold. gold. That's the best so far. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, for Johnny Frank Garrett, I'd like to thank my family for loving me and taking care of me, and the rest of the world can kiss my ass. Very American. I'd like to thank my family for loving me and taking care of me, and the rest of the world can kiss my ass. Gold. Gold. <laughs> Yeah, I'm on about it as well. Man after my own heart. Um, <laughs> number 11. You can be a king or a street sweeper, but everyone dances with the Grim Reaper. I like, like that. Gold. 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 Uh, number 12. We get female. And keep the faith and rock on. Um. <laughs> number 13. <laughs> <laughs> Is he a Christian or a rocker? What's the uh, Richard. I'm not reading that second uh. name. Uh, was in jail for armed robbery and rape when Amy's lover Frank Wayne fatally stabbed in May 1981. However, it was Wayne who received the death sentence while these other guy got life in prison and an attempt to room with the other guy. The good mad setting it. Cutting it all out. <laughs> Number 13. Not all of us are innocent, but those are. I said I was going to tell a joke. Death has set me free. That's the biggest joke. I deserve this. And the other joke is that I am not Patrick Bryan Knight and y'all can't stop this execution now. Go ahead. I'm finished. I need a bit of that. I am the fuck's album. In one Patrick Bryan Knight and an accomplice abducted a couple next door and locked them in the basement the following night. Knight blindfolded them, drove them to Scuderia and shot them. While awaiting his execution, he used websites and mail to ask for the best jokes he could use in his final statement. Although he received 13,000 jokes, he was able to narrow it down to five. How many of them for open spots? I'm reading for a guy. I'm reading for a <laughs> and he ended up naming several inmates he believed were innocent and using his own joke. 
So what was Adam Sandler? Yeah, man. Um, I think that's uh, that's probably the middle. Yeah, I think that's there's a lot of meta that. Uh, then the game was out the window by that point. Number fourteen. I did not get my spaghettios. I got spaghetti. I want the press to know this. <laughs> I mean. I mean, I mean, the man's petty, but fair enough. Mm-hmm. Like, what, what, what's wrong with fucking spaghetti? I have spaghetti and bolognese and fucking hoops, you know? Yeah. Look at, uh, look, at, look at that guy. He's like spaghetti. Yeah, he looks like he's only ever had spaghetti. <laughs> and uh, number 15, Gregor Cleveland Redding said, I have something to say, but not at this time. <laughs> That's cool. That's cool. That's cool. That's cool. And that brings us to the end. Thermal Gold, we should have clarified the rules, but I uh, fucking enjoyed that. Yeah, that was a good wee section, man. Shout out to French fries. Jamie, I think you want to talk I feel like we've been taking yeah. over as we will, man. Anything we've not both not raised that you want to bring up? Put me on the spot? No. Yeah. Anyone's looking for. I left to work. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to cost you the same fares every day. Yeah. yeah. Um, you have to do this now, so sex to men in movies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a shame about those barriers, isn't it? You can't get a head on those buses. You can't ask for all the holes in. Tiny, tiny holes. They've covered them up. Glory holes for some people. Covid. Covid. They've covered them. Can you hear them? What? Can you hear people? Aye, but they've covered the holes. Um, I once caught a bus driver pissing on a bus. Oh, I've pissed on a bus. <laughs> Have you when you were driving? On a bus. No, no. There's no way to pass, man. And a uh, I've, uh, you told me this before, I think. You've seen a, did I? Uh, Probably the first thing I said to you. Uh, <laughs> I drive a bus, I'm like, were you pissing on the number 34 back in 2005? Uh, it's... That's the worst part of the job, finding mm. somewhere to go. They had they seen me to go to fright. Aye. They had to just keep pissing. They <laughs> <laughs> just looking at me while I was pissing. No like, going back. Uh, maybe they can go on. I'm, I'm already on. I never got up. Uh, were you on the bus? Yeah, but, uh, it was a half run, though. And I didn't even know that existed. Oh, oh that's the Were you up the stairs or something? Yeah, I was upstairs, so there was like a half Was half he in the stairwell with a bottle? Yeah, did he end up in Pedonald or something? No idea where to go. He's done it in the cab. He's so right to have. had the door open. And he was stunning, passing into the bottle. Oh, right. Middle of the road, and, and I got half, and it was like, I, he seen me come down the stairs, and he went, Maybe you can go on. And I was like, I'm already on. And he was like, I'm, I'm passing in a bottle. So he says, He says, Yeah, I know. He's like, I'm 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 and wait until they're back on time for yes. a couple of minutes. Right. So he if sometimes does that and he'll get the, the metro out and start reading the paper. But underneath it, he's passing into the eye look at bottle. Wow. That's, uh, that's quite impressive. impressive. I've yeah. never done that before. But <laughs> what, where, do you, where do you go for a pitch if you need to be desperately? Uh, usually bookies or pubs uh, or uh, police stations. You just pull up the bus stop and nip it. Uh, I always find um, them so drivers abandoning buses midway. I believe in Michael and Rodney. I would turn it off. Like, there's been too many instances recently where a bus has moved when the driver's left. Really? Like, um, been stolen or something? No, just it, the brake went away. No, it wasn't on. Wow. Uh, it's quite a lot in the last. Uh, you'd, you'd think, think that wouldn't would happen like once every 10 years, years you know what I mean? Nah, it's happened quite a few times. Ever had a bus tipping? Nah. That's why I need to walk on my neck. A cherry tripper fell on a bus, I think. A cherry tripper fell on a bus? I think at George Square. We'll be going to the next reality. Yeah! Cherry pick this one. 
Doyle Lee Ham, born in uh, February 14th, Valentine's Day, 1957, is a former Alabama death row inmate who was convicted and sentenced to death for the 1987 murder of Patrick Cunningham. While on death row, Ham developed lymphatic cancer, which made it difficult to impossible to achieve the venous access necessary to administer the drugs using lethal injections. Despite months of warning by Ham's attorney and human rights observers and a decades-long legal ba- battle, the Alabama Department of Corrections attempted to execute Ham on February 22nd, 2018. So, not long ago at all. Fucking, this was like, what were we now, 2020? Yeah. <laughs> so, it's two and a half years ago. Um, the unsuccessful execution attempt lasted nearly three hours and drew international attention. In March 2018, Ham and the state of Alabama reached a confidential settlement, the terms which preclude a second execution attempt. In 1987, Ham went on a crime spree that culminated in a motel robbery and the murder of Patrick Cunningham, a nighttime clerk at the motel. $350 were taken from the motel's cash register, and Cunningham was shot twice in the temple. Ham was arrested and charged with capital murder. And the heat, I thought you meant like... Like, uh, yeah. temple. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't listen to any of those podcasts. <laughs> yeah, I was like, you didn't mention the temple. No. Right, John, he... um, so two individuals claimed to be witnesses to the crime initially identified Ham as the gunman during the robbery, but soon recanted their testimony. Those individuals were later charged as co-defendants and took deals to testify as state witnesses. During questioning, Ham confessed to committing the robbery. So during the course of the execution attempt, correctional officers spent two and a half hours inserting needles into Ham's legs and ankles trying to get venous access. The execution team turned Ham onto his stomach and slapped the back of his legs in an attempt to find a usable vein. While attempts at peripheral venous access failed, members of the execution team began inserting needles into Ham's groin in in hopes of finding a vein. During the process, Ham was stabbed half a dozen times with venous uh, with needles puncturing his bladder and penetrating his femoral artery. In the days following, a lot uh, Ham's blood contained urine as a result of a punctured bladder. During the execution, a large amount of blood accumulated around Ham's groin, soaking through the pad he was laying on and requiring the execution team to replace it. The large amount of blood led to speculation that the executioner had also punctured Ham's femoral artery. When the execution was finally called off, Ham collapsed as he was removed from the gurney. Don't know what fucking gurney is, but... The hospital thing, they put people on. Oh, it's like a bed, a hospital bed? Yeah, yeah. Set me informed. It's not for It's not? Oh, it's fine. That one's been on. Yeah. yeah good. Um, so Ham became only the third person in the United States. Sorry, during the, vid- during the visit... I'm a little bit passionate. <laughs> <laughs> and this is when you went for the bloody groin story. Yeah, well, <laughs> I, I thought it'd be a nice way to end on a high. <laughs> Grammar gold, who knows? <laughs> so, yeah, when the execution was finally called off, Ham collapsed and as he was removed from the gurney. During a visit with the Defence Council the following day, Ham was limp, limping and sore and was described by his attorney as a shadow of himself. Ham became only the third person in the United States since 1946 to walk out of an execution chamber still alive. In a press conference following the execution attempt, Jeff Dunn, Commissioner of the Alabama Department of Corrections, told reporters, I wouldn't necessarily characterise what we had tonight as a problem. In a report submitted to the federal court, the doctor who examined Ham after the attempted execution wrote that during the execution, Ham wished for death because because he preferred to die rather than continue to experience the ongoing severe pain. Is he still alive? 